Thank you, John. Good morning to all, and happy Mother's Day to all mothers here this morning. The mothers of preschoolers, MOPS, did a survey a few years ago asking 1,000 moms what they need the most. Their answers included the following, encouragement to know that I am normal, time with God, a dishwasher that loads itself, someone who understands how I feel, and to know that being a mother is important. Mothers, that's really what I hope that you know today, how truly important you are. I want you to feel loved by your family and by the Lord, and yet this message is for all of us. So if you are a man or a youth, um, we ask that you would listen because there's something here for you. Also, if you're a lady and not a mom and maybe not even married, for those who've had great moms and those who did not, um, whatever your circumstance, this message is for you this morning also. I'm well aware that I cannot accomplish your feeling loved today, but the Lord can. So let's ask him to do that in the life of each one of us. Father, you love everyone here today. You are sovereign and you are full of grace and you give it to us in our needs. You are the one who established the family and you brought mothers into being. You have given amazing influence to all women. You love them. Let them know it today. Father, give sufficient grace to each person and each story here today. Teach us all now through your spirit. Bring honor to Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen. Majesty. Some of the mothers here today have seen the title on the bulletin, and they're saying, Majesty, you must be kidding. Many mothers hardly feel like Her Royal Highness as they stand before the kitchen sink, exhausted from the battles of the day, before you're able to take the weight off your feet, you still have the dirty dishes and you have folding clothes and bathing children and putting them to bed and then too often cleaning up after the husband. Um, that shouldn't be, guys. I'll just say that. That's another sermon, though, okay? It's probably more common that a mother feels like a captive in her own home than like a majestic queen. Mothers probably feel very different from the superwoman mother of the Bible as found in Proverbs 31. But I love how her family honored and respected her. Proverbs 31 verse 28, her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her. Now, don't compare yourself to that lady or to any other lady. Today, we celebrate Mother's Day. First Lady Barbara Bush, some of you will remember years ago, said that she did not like Mother's Day. She said, I am not big on Mother's Day. It's a big ripoff. We know it is, but it is Mother's Day, and we honor mothers, and we should. More phone calls will be made today than any other day in the year. It's very close to the most flowers being bought, and gifts are given I read this morning that um, they expect $25 billion to be spent this year, this weekend, on Mother's Day. The truth is, 
we ought to have lifestyles of honoring our mothers. Set aside the day and honor your mom. Yes, we should. But it should not be a once a year event. And it should include all women. Why do we honor mothers? We honor mothers because God tells us to. And we will see that in just a little bit. And we honor mothers because of what they have done for us. All of us here today share a bond. Without your mothers, without our mothers, we would not be here today. Each of us is greatly indebted to our mothers. They carried us for nine months in their bodies. Men, we cannot begin to understand what that is like. And before I get into any trouble, I will leave that there. The truth is that each mother endured so much so that we could be here. Motherhood certainly is one of the strongest natural bonds in the world. It is the most natural expression of love, caring and giving birth to a child and then loving that child. Over the past couple weeks, some of the teachers here in our school and church have asked the youngsters to complete a sentence. My mommy is special because. One young girl captured this point. Here are the children. As she said, my mommy is special because she gave birth to me. Motherhood is without a doubt one of the most complex callings in life. One survey revealed an overwhelming agreement that raising children properly requires as much intelligence and drive as holding a top position in business. You businessmen who don't um, buy into that, I challenge you to trade places for just a day. One mother says it this way, there is no assignment on earth that requires the array of skills and understanding needed by a mom in fulfilling her everyday duties. She must be a resident psychologist, physician, theologian, nurse, chef, taxi driver, fire marshal, and sometimes police officer. This is confirmed even by our young children here. Here are the children. My mommy is special because she takes care of me. She fixed my boo-boo when I fell off my bike. We see the nurse there. She drives me to school, the park, the library, and the science center. She takes me to the beach. We see the taxi driver. She taught me the ABCs. She teaches me at home. We see teacher. She dresses me and she makes some of my clothes seamstress and ballet. She feeds us. She makes cookies for me. And then for the grandmother, she makes me pancakes every Saturday. The cook also is seen. It seems that the boys are the ones talking about the cooking, though, in those young stories. And it's interesting how most men develop this notion as we get older that our mothers were wonderful cooks. I've never met a man who admitted that his mother was a kitchen assassin or that she nearly poisoned him. Most of us love our mother's cooking. On the other hand, some of the wives perhaps get tired of hearing about our mother's cooking. I heard of newlyweds. Um, both knew that she was a poor cook, that she had not had um, the experience or the training or the practice, but she tried very hard. The husband came home one day to find her crying, and he asked, what, what's the matter? What's going on? 
And she sobbed. The dog ate the biscuits. Her husband was not thinking clearly. And he responded, that's okay, honey. We can get a new dog. Um, But even that joke shows how in our culture, how often the lady is belittled a little bit, and perhaps especially the new bride. Zoe Lofgren, a mother in California, says this, they're telling me motherhood is not a job. As any mother will tell you, it is a job, 24 hours a day. She had been told that mother was not an appropriate response to the occupation blank, which was on her papers, which she filed to run for Congress. Clearly, the mother's work is not one in which she punches a clock and calls it quits after an eight-hour day. Mothers generally work a double shift, and then they are still on call. A mother's job is certainly one of the toughest. In saying that, I'm aware that there are those special mothers who are here today who have an even more difficult job because you're going it alone as a single mom. And some of you have the challenge of children with special needs. There are also those mothers at heart who are here who at this point have not received the desires of your heart in this area. And I know that church can be a very tough place to be as one longs for a baby or even for a husband, and God has not yet provided that in his providence. Others here lost your moms recently. Still others struggle with infertility or have experienced the tragedy of a miscarriage, or even abuse at the hand of a mother. Some have lost a child. I have never dreamed about a sermon until this one. Um, A couple nights ago, I woke up with this message on my mind, and it was really a bummer because I don't want to dream about sermons, and I don't want to dream about work. I want to sleep. And I think you can probably relate to that. But here I am dreaming And it was so interesting that it was actually a beautiful experience because the dominant thought in the dream was that Orangewood is to be a place and a people who rejoice with those who rejoice and weeps with those who weep. And I know that that is the heart of so many here today. You know, Some did not even come to church today because it's such a hard day. If you know someone who didn't, call them today and just say, I love you. Not much else, just that. I so want us to be sensitive to each other in this. And I pray God grants each of us the desires of our hearts as we seek after him. And yet in the truth and in the reality of living in our fallen world, we know that the pain is great. And I pray for you and me that we will find the grace of God sufficient for our deep disappointment and our struggles. Contemplating our mothers can be a trigger for great joy or for deep sadness for so many reasons. The Lord made and sent the Holy Spirit as the comforter, and we should be a comfort also to each other. One author said, may we keep our eyes on Jesus and seek to bless one another be it with flowers or with tears. 
This morning, we will see a number of mothers recorded in Scripture, both good and bad. Our main text will be 2 Timothy 1, where we see the beautiful blossoming taking place from the seed which was planted by Eunice and Lois, the mother and grandmother of Timothy. Paul writes these words at the end of his life as he sits in a dark, cold prison. Yet it is one of his warmest, most personal letters. Let us hear the word of God. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers day and night, longing to see you even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Paul calls Timothy his beloved son in a spiritual sense. He had nurtured and discipled Timothy and prayed for him day and night. Some parents here know what that is like. Paul greatly influenced Timothy, but Timothy was first profoundly influenced by his mother and by his grandmother. We see the influence of a mother and a grandmother. Listen to the children. My mom is special because she teaches me about God. She loves me no matter what I do. She gives me everything I want. I doubt it, and I hope not. In fact, I want to include in this thought the influence of every woman. Paul spoke of his spiritual son, but in Romans 16, he speaks, I believe, of his spiritual mother. He says, give my greetings to Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. He was saying she was like a mother to me. Every one woman created in the image of God has a built-in ability to influence and nurture. It looks differently from one woman to the next, but it is real and it is beautiful. In fact, I could go around the room this morning and I could point out ladies, some never married, some who've never had children, who have had amazing, profound influence on the lives of children and others. They've entered into lives and become incredible women of influence, impacting others. They have been created in the image of God and they share that with others. One writer, a lady says, after years of contact with women of all backgrounds and personality types, I am convinced that most of us are not aware of the power of this innate ability to mark the lives of those whose lives we touch. So true. The mother may impact her children for good or the bad. Rebecca in scripture led her son Jacob in his beguiling of his father Isaac, taking his brother's blessing. According to 2 Chronicles 22, Ahaziah ruled one year in Jerusalem. Scripture then says, he also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, 
for his mother, Athaliah, was his counselor in doing wickedly. Athaliah and her mother, Jezebel, represent the antithesis of all that the word mother connotes to those of us who cherish memories of that one of whom we might say with the writer of the Proverbs, strength and dignity are her clothing. She opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household. Mothers have such a great influence on their children. Perhaps the sharpest distinction of a mother's love as opposed to all that a mother is not is brought out in 1 Kings 3. When Solomon there was confronted by two women who claimed a single child, he determined which was the true mother by proposing to divide the child so that each might claim her share. And the child's true mother objective, and she said, oh my Lord, give her the living child and in no wise slay it. But the pretender said, let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. The true mother was obvious. What a blessing for Timothy to be able to look back down the path of motherhood and thank God for the faith which dwelt first in his grandmother and then in his mother, and then it was passed on to him. Listen to the children. My mom is special because she loves me and Jesus. Paul writes to Timothy in verse five, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. I can relate somewhat to Timothy here, for it was my mother and my grandmother who pointed me to the Lord. My mother had received instruction from my grandmother, Granny, and I received from both of them. My grandfather had died when my mom was a very young girl, and my father abandoned our family when I was a baby. Granny was the one who first told me as an adolescent that she wanted me to be a preacher. I literally laughed at her, and I said, no, thank you. I've got other plans, and I did. And she simply said, okay, I'll just pray about it. And I laughed again and said, okay, pray all you want. My understanding and the view of prayer have come a very long way since then. God answers our prayers. Timothy was who he was to a large degree because of the impact of his mother and grandmother. Some of us could say the same. Well, what was Timothy like? Just a few characteristics this morning. Timothy had a tender heart. Paul speaks of Timothy's tenderness in verse four. Longing to see you, I recall your tears. Timothy, unlike many men, was able to express his emotions. Tenderness like this is generally cultivated by example and not just precept. And generally, it's the mother who teaches tenderness to the child. Here are the children. My mommy is special because she loves my heart. She loves me and kisses me and she hugs me. She is nice. She is so sweet. She puts her arms around me in my bed. She is the best mom. My heart is broken when she is sad. Do your children see tenderness in you? If they don't see it in you, where will they learn it? Another seed planted in Timothy by his mother and his grandmother. Timothy had genuine faith. Paul says, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you. The meaning of sincere here is unhypocritical. 
It is a faith that is authentic. That is, he trusted only in Jesus for his salvation. His faith was cultivated over years at home with his mother and his grandmother. And for Timothy, his walk matched his talk. Here are the children. My mom is special because she teaches me about God. I said earlier that a mother's love is probably the most natural love there is, and it is with one exception, that being God's love for his children, whom he created and for whom his son died. One child picked up on this. Here are the children. My mom is special, but she doesn't love me as much as God does. God's love is natural because God is love in his very being. Were you taught in your home of God's love and are you teaching in your home of God's love? Are you trusting only in Christ for your salvation? Does your walk match your talk? Is yours a genuine faith? Another seed firmly rooted and growing in Timothy's life is power and love and discipline. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. Let me just mention love here. The love that Paul writes about is the agape love, an unselfish love, seeking the highest good of others, like the love mothers have for children. Here are the children. My mom is special because she loves me and cares for me. Where does a child see and learn agape love? The child so often sees it in the mother who cares for the child day after day and night after night. The love is seen in, San, in Hannah as she gave her son to the Lord under Eli and then would regularly make provisions for him. Timothy's life was influenced for the good by his mother and grandmother. History continues to show the influence of mothers on the lives of their children. The prayers of Monica gave the powerful Augustine to the church, and that was from a life of debauchery. The consecration and piety of Susanna, mother of John and Charles Wesley, and 15 others led them to their places of leadership in the church. I read of a gathering of 120 ministers, and as they began to tell their stories, of the 120, 100 claimed as the earthly means of their conversion, the influence of a Christian mother. Lord Shaftesbury said, give me a generation of Christian mothers and I will undertake to change the whole face of society in 12 months. I don't know who Lord Shaftesbury is, but I don't really understand why he thinks those ladies needed him to change society. The question for us to ask ourselves is, how do we treat our mothers? There is a call to action here. Before anyone here was called to be a mom or a dad or a friend or a mentor, you were called to be a child of the king. The truth is that each of us has been a child. And as God's children, scripture calls us to honor fathers and mothers. Today, I ask you to consider your role in honoring your mother, whether she is sitting next to you or maybe in another city, or maybe she is no longer with us. Notice the honor that Solomon bestowed upon his mother, Bathsheba, from a very tough story and beginning. And this is deserved by every good mother. 
First Kings 2 says, The king rose up to meet her and bowed himself unto her and sat down on his throne and caused a seat to be set for the king's mother, and she sat on his right hand. If a king bows to his mother, so should we. Do you honor your mother? A word to fathers here. Your children will learn what it means to honor their mother by the example which you set in honoring your mother and your wife, their mother. Not one day a year, but every day, day after day. A word of advice to all husbands comes to us from an eight-year-old who was asked, how do you make love last? And he said, don't forget your wife's name. She hates that. (laughs) A young father told me a few years ago that his wife was going out that night and that he was going home to babysit. And wanting to help his marriage, I said, fathers don't babysit. Fathers parent. When I start thinking of my mom or my granny, the memories rush in. Friends, for some, your mothers are gone. I can think of so many who've lost their moms recently. And this may be your first Mother's Day ever without your mom in your life. For many, however, your mothers are still here. And you don't know for how long. As God commands us to honor our mothers, what is it that you need to say or do for your mother or for your grandmother, or another who had a special influence in your life. For some, it could even be a mother-in-law. I know that I had one who was amazing, whose life was cut short. Beloved, whatever it is, say it and do it. View your mother as the gift from God that she is. That can be hard when mom has changed and frustrates us or embarrasses us. My mom told me that um, Granny, as she um, had gotten pretty old, um, looked one day at one of her grandchildren, and she said, I don't know who you are, but you sure are fat. (laughs) I know my Granny, and that wasn't my Granny speaking. View your mother as the gift from God that she is. Hear the children. My mommy is special because God made her. Mothers receive very little recognition. Moms, when was the last time you were thanked for changing a diaper or washing the dishes or dusting or cooking? In light of receiving very little recognition, it was a godly mother who said, it takes maturity to deal with the obscurity of motherhood. It is a godly mother who said to her, Husband, I don't expect to do anything in all of life as important as caring for our children. It's the godly mother who views her family as the Lord's work. It's the godly mother who says with John, as he writes Gaius, his spiritual son, in 3 John 1, No greater joy can I have than this, to hear that my children follow the truth. Children, whatever your age, one way to honor your mother is to follow the truth that she has taught you. Mothers, hear the children. My mom is special because she is my mom. My mom is special because she will always be my mom. Now, I could give you many powerful examples, 
of how we can show love to our mothers. And that would be good and it would be motivational. But there is one example that we will never surpass. And that is the love which Jesus demonstrated to his mother, Mary, with his words. Jesus had come with a mission of redeeming lost and sinful men and women, boys and girls. And in his final hours of accomplishing that mission, purchasing our redemption on the cross, he shows an incredible love, not just for us, but also for his mother. We've heard the children now from the cross, hear the child, the son of the living God, John 19, to his mother, woman, behold your son, speaking of John. Then he said to his disciple, John, behold your mother, woman, behold your son. Here's a son for you. Behold your mother. Take care of mom, he was saying. He entrusted his mother to the disciple John, and we are told that from this time forward, John cared for the mother of Jesus. John honored his mother, but Jesus honored his mother even in his absence. May Jesus be our example of how we love our mothers. May all ladies here know our love and the love of Jesus. I mentioned earlier that motherhood certainly is the strongest natural bond in the world. It is the most natural expression of love. Then I mentioned God's love for his children being natural because God is love. But there's one other bond that should be just as natural to us, and that is the love relationship that we have with God, our creator, our sustainer and redeemer and king and lover of our souls. We were created to love God. And as we love the Lord Jesus, we are compelled to love others, beginning in our own homes. Hear the child, behold your mother. Mother's words will never express how very important you are. Ladies, you are so important. Forgive us when we don't tell you. Forgive us when we're too selfish to tell you how special you are. Forgive us when we take you for granted. This morning, we love you. We thank you. May God bless you. Let us pray together. Oh Lord, we thank you for the special ladies that you have put into our lives. We ask that they would know our love, but also your blessings in Christ. Father, encourage them through us and may they know and feel that they are valued and esteemed. We pray for each of us that we would have tender hearts, sincere faith, and that each of us in facing life would have your power and love and discipline. All for the glory of Christ, we pray. Amen.